0: Irish Illustrated Insider is sponsored by VisitSouthBend.com Is it time to check a Notre Dame home game off your bucket list? Has it been too long since you've soaked in the game day atmosphere in person? Whether it's for the first time ever or in a while, start planning your trip to South Bend to watch the Fighting Irish with ideas and inspiration at VisitSouthBend.com
1: Welcome back everybody to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider. It's Monday, October 9th and we are in the aftermath of nordam's thirty three to twenty loss at Louisville this past weekend, uh, Tim O'Malley, we just met with Marcus Freeman. You can check us out on our instant analysis post uh, post press conference, but man, when you're coming out of a loss and you start asking questions about play calling and who's responsible and what can you say and what can't you say? There's not a whole lot that whole head coaches can say anymore for fear of offending anybody. But uh, anyway, Norton's 33 to 20 loss. There are a lot of people at fault uh, on Saturday night at Louisville.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people that deserve to be offended. I think that's the problem. But you're right. You can't. We talked about this prior. You can't. If you name a player, you're quote unquote throwing one of the bus. even though their coaches are not puppeteers. The players actually do have to do the things they're getting paid a lot of money for. The coaches are getting paid a lot of money too, and they have to figure out how to how to be able to move the ball against louisville it's fair to ask that notre dame be better out offensively than they were against louisville this was not georgia 2022 they were facing notre dame's running game looked worse than it had all season it looked worse than it has since first quarter or first half of stanford of last year um i was trying to think of when it looked that badly and that, that's when it was first half of stanford no, last year sure. yeah it's puzzling to me. Um, I know there's some angst on the board about this is who they are. You know, the first four games were a mirage. I just felt that they, the offensive line took such a step forward against Ohio State and to play so poorly the last eight quarters, but really the last four quarters. They were just... They crippled anything you want to do, and that is not absolving Jerry Parker or anything. This is the first time I said, my gosh, that what was that? What what were these calls? What are you? This is the best you can come up with against Louisville. I just think... They are much better than that, and I don't know how in the world this happened. I don't know how they played that poorly.
1: Well, I I mean, you kind of sense. Look, the time to to rotate offensive linemen was was early in the season when you had an opportunity. You know, you still had to.
0: That's a coaching mistake. That's a
1: coaching. I mean, you still had to have. There were times where. Well, let me just say this: you still had to have questions about your starting offensive line when when the season began and Billy Schroth was a guy that, you know, again, we don't know the ins and outs of practice and who's banged up and who's not playing well. But Billy Schroth was a guy that everybody was convinced was going to be ready to play this year. And then they went a different direction and that's fine because Spindler and Coogan are in their third years in the program. Um, But, you know, I, I, in trying to come up with the right way to ask the question, I asked Marcus Freeman, what issues or concerns that he has with Jared Parker's operation and play calling. Um, you know, and do you get input when, when you are bogged down like this, do you get input from Gino Godouli and and Joe Rudolph who have previous experiences, offensive coordinators? And I, you know, I mean, he, he's not going to, um, he flat out said he has no issue with the play calling. It's all about execution,
0: and of course, it's both. It is of course, it, both
1: and it, you know. it is I both. Know. Yes, absolutely. Um, he also didn't want to use being tired as an excuse for his team, uh, and I and I get that too as they go into their A straight week.
0: I mean, it is an excuse, but that's exactly it. It's a, it's a real. It can be true and be an excuse too. Yes. <laughs> they are tired. We know they're tired. They pulled back on practice from sources on Tuesday. And on Thursday, that's not because they weren't tired. This is not a made up media thing. It's because they're tired. It, if you, if you can't accept them being tired, that's fine. That's your choice as a fan. Don't accept anything. <laughs> it's fine. They're going to be tired again they this adjust, week. But they're, but,
1: like, right. But they adjusted. They adjusted because the, the, they're the, tired. The I mean, that's
0: that's yeah. what it was for. Um, Yeah, I have no issue with looking for more from your guards. I asked the question post-game, why did you choose to rotate your guards? He said, we need more from our guards. I just think that that was a mistake rotating him for the first time against Louisville in that environment. And that's hindsight. You couldn't do anything about what you didn't do the previous six games, but I think you might go with Pat Coogan's a little hurt. We want to move our, rotate our guards instead of rotating guards. Let's start Billy Schroth this week because Pat Coogan's a little bit limited. It's better than the rotation. The first time rotation in that situation. He said he thought Zeke Curl responded well to Andrew Kristoffic taking some snaps from him. I did too. I don't know where,
1: yeah. Well, I but mean, there, there's no evidence of it on the stat sheet. No, then. that's what
0: I'm saying. That that that's but Andrew Kristoffic's stat sheet was not any better when he was in there. It's as I don't know where the offensive line went wrong because they were trending up, uh, they're now trending down, and that's the single most important thing, as John Bryce said in our instant analysis heading into USC week is the offensive line. They affect the offense and the defense this week.
1: It is. And and look, coming out of Ohio state, as disappointed as everybody was, your issue wasn't the offensive line. You were thrilled with the no, way they, not
0: at all. What we're they saying. moved they
1: were... Ohio state's front and had, you know, we're pushing for 200 yards rushing against Ohio state, which just, just does not happen that often. Pat Coogan apparently had a, a, a bit of a knee problem. You know, I didn't, like I didn't really understand Christophe at center. I, look, they think they, in their opinion, Zeke Carell is struggling. So,
0: well, he had a really bad Duke game. We know that, of course. That, that yeah, was, he,
1: yes, you know. he, had, he had he had a bad he had a bad Duke game. There's no doubt about that. Um, I thought I said this in this analysis. I thought, with the exception of just getting bull rushed one time early on, I thought Billy Shroud played really well. And you know, there's a, there's one defensive. Lyman, in particular, from Louisville, that was making a lot of offensive linemen look bad, including Joe Alt. um It was just an it was another bad day for the offensive line. The only thing I'm the only thing I'm saying is that I thought Billy shrouth played well enough that if you want to insert him again at some point, you know you should do that. I thought he I thought he earned that right. Other than that one rep that that really stood out, but yeah, how did they get here with their offensive line? Because I, look, we have multiple sources telling us that that they thought, Notre Dame thought, that they were going to be able to handle the line of scrimmage against Louisville, and Louisville handled them.
0: Yes, they sure did. Um, and to not to belabor the offensive line point, but it's also strange, like we're talking about Coogan having a knee injury. There was nothing wrong with Rocco Spindler, and there was Billy Shroth in for Rocco Spindler on one drive as well. It's just a strange... Hey. The no. musical guards was weird. Um, it, they would never do it again, I don't think, play musical guards, musical center, making two changes for Joe Alt to adjust to. So what are Rocco Spiller and Joe Alt thinking when Christophic and Schroff are all of a sudden next to him for the first time and they're getting bulldozed by these players from Louisville? I mean, it was a strange. It's not a one off because they did not play well against Duke. Um, I just don't think it's a lost cause either for the offensive line. I, I, no, I, I think don't, they're I don't, much better
1: I, than that. I don't I don't think it is a lost cause either, but. Uh, a great opportunity this week against a USC defensive line that, that has, you know, been gashed at times when Marcus Freeman says, you know, like, I don't want to hear this about their defense. They are talented. I I, I don't disagree with that. And know you want to talk about a, you want to talk about a poorly coached defense, right? My goodness. That, that defense gives up the edge. They They, I, I, they have to emphasize contain on the edge at times, but it doesn't, it Alex Grinch doesn't seem to get through to them. They're they're a bad defense, but I agree individually. You know, they're I see good players out there, but collectively, they're not good. That's kind of how I feel about you know, Nordame safeties. We talk about Nordame safeties all the time individually. I don't think they're very good collectively. I think Chris O'Leary's done a pretty damn good job. You're number one in the country, in in um. Uh, pass percentage and third or four, I think fourth now in in pass efficiency defense. Something good is happening on the back end, but um, as it pertains to USC collectively, they're better individually than they are collectively on the defensive side.
0: Yeah, they did have a good day when it mattered most for Notre Dame fans last year, though. They played pretty well against no, Notre Dame really, last really, year. They, they
1: really did, and I and I want to bring up right now because I'm not sure it'll come up today before. Uh, Thursday but you know we've been talking about Notre Dame's approach rushing Caleb Williams will undoubtedly will be different than it was last year where he had too many guys circling around and trying to chase him yeah. from behind which is futile so you know again what they learned from playing against Brennan Armstrong what they learned uh, from playing against Riley Leonard I think will be applied to Caleb Williams and maybe that maybe that's enough to to at least offer some level of containment as opposed to him dictating everything that he wants to do
0: yeah I think uh, a couple other things from today's press conference people should know is he does expect he said Harper will be back Rubio will be back and kind of discussed great house practice last week and was able to play but they didn't know how much they could get from him because he didn't didn't really practice was kind of the phrasing and I think that's you kind of figured that going to the game, right? We yeah. we, we yeah. pretty much pegged that as what was going to happen with the, with the hamstring guys. I asked about getting phase on in more. I don't think I asked the question very well because I think he felt I was talking about going forward, which, of course, they can get phase on in going forward. I was just wondering if a, he was on scout team two weeks ago. Did he know more? Could they have forced him in there more? Because clearly he was a guy that made a play when you were desperate for guys to make plays. Um It'll be interesting to see when Great House is back, how much they can still use Faison because they have Great House and Tyree. I think you got to get Greathouse and Tyree reps outside because you just have to maximize your five players. I'm right. Five players. Yeah. You have to maximize your five guys that can contribute at wide receiver going forward.
1: Yeah, and I know that. I mean, I guess they didn't want to expend a, a, a football scholarship on Jordan Faison, but. Was it, was it, that's not
0: nonsensical the, to me. That's nonsensical. Was it
1: not very clear during the preseason that he was one of your better receivers? I, I, I mean, you're I gonna think, lose
0: 15 players of the transfer portal between now and yeah, the next I, time you need to worry about that.
1: <laughs> I mean, was it, was it not obvious that Jordan Fazem was one of the better players? And is it not obvious by now that the last nine passes that have been thrown to Tobias Merriweather, one has been caught? One,
0: it was a garbage time, too.
1: Unfortunately, that was yes, yeah, and a.
0: And he apparently he is playing hurt as well. I don't know if we if, it's, if we've said that on all of these mediums. Apparently he's fighting off a hamstring injury as well. Um it's a lot of hamstrings but I guess that's what happens when you're tired going to week number 8. So just more evidence that they are not at full strength. But listen, they're they Marcus Freeman's right. There's no excuses for USC week. You're not up for this. Get off the team. Well, this very true. This isn't Pitt, man. This is USC.
1: Well, well no, I mean, very true, but that isn't, it's not always just a mental flip of the switch. It's no, a,
0: but if you could ever flip a switch, it's right now,
1: isn't it? Well, there's no doubt. Well, yeah, there's no doubt. He's not making that excuse. I, you know, there's, there's no doubt about that. And if you want to salvage your season, you better flip the switch because here comes USC and they're going to score points. Notre Dame has one of the one of the better defenses in the country, but USC is going to score points. I, when you watch film of USC, and I'm going to be doing more here in a little bit, but I did a little bit last night, and we've talked about this leading up to this game. My God, the the, the number of wideouts that they have to throw the football to is it's just it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, they could. That would, you talk about a trade trade for about six of those guys. They could all start.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it, Tim. What else from uh, from Marcus Freeman today? I think we. Pretty much hit the highlights.
0: Well, I think he hit the nail on the head when he was asked a very good question about being better on third and long. They've been putting third and long a lot and not been effective, but most people are not effective in third and long. I think the best offense for third and long is having Caleb Williams and great wide receivers. That probably makes you a little bit better in third and long. He said we have to be more effective on first and second down, and he's right because the first four games, Tim, they were fantastic on first down offensively. The Ohio State game is now. Predictably, when they started to get a little worse because Ohio State is, of course, good at defense. Then it was a little worse against Duke, also good at defense, and it bottomed out here against uh, against Louisville, which you can't have, in fact. So just here's some quick numbers for first down average per play against Navy. Every first down snap, Notre Dame averaged 8.8 8 yards per carry. TSU, if you want to throw it out, it doesn't matter, but it was 8.2. NC State was still 7.1 per first down play. Central Michigan was 10.5 for first down play. Now, these are crazy numbers except for NC State. NC State's probably would not have been that high, but first down uh, was Aldrich Estimate's 80-yard run. Ohio State, 4.1. Duke, 4.5. And Louisville is under four. That's cut in half from some of those games. And that is, he's got to be, they got to be better on first down.
1: No, they do. And that's why, you know, we call it third down conversions, but third down conversions are d- directly tied to first and second down.
0: I asked Bob Diaco that once about being better on, is third down the most important? He's like, well, yeah. it is if you're not good on first and second down. Every, yeah, every yeah. coach feels that way.
1: No, absolutely. And that's absolutely correct. And I just wonder, you know, I, personally, I didn't have any issues with uh, Jared Parker's play calling through the first four weeks of the season. Now it was lesser competition. But NC State was not, and Notre Dame scored 45 points, and he showed great adjustment mm-hmm. after a really slow start when they weren't executing early on. But I just wonder if and I don't and, and I would include Ohio State in there also because it was a it was a good game plan. You just didn't follow you didn't follow through with it. It was a game plan that the head coach wanted. But then in the last couple of weeks, Duke has a good defense and Louisville. Are, are people catching up to Jared Parker? That's
0: a great question because we, we it, it's worth saying that teams have good defenses, but you're supposed to play a couple teams with good defenses of the course right. of the year. You have to, you have to do well against those guys too. That is a great question. Um, I don't know what the answer is for Parker. If his line, he needs his line to improve for him to have an answer. Doesn't mean he will have an answer. I'm saying the offensive line needs to play better for him to have an answer because he does have the piece in place at quarterback. And uh, there are enough. There are some weapons out there. Like Mitchell Evans is a weapon. They can get the ball to a couple guys, especially the running backs, where you you can create an offense going forward against USC, Pitt, Clemson, Wake, Stanford. You you could create an offense against those teams. I know Clemson t- is going to be a test, but other teams, other teams have moved the ball on Clemson now. This is not the same thing. You you have to find a way. The three. T- the two toughest defenses are in the rear, the three toughest defenses are in the rear view. And unfortunately, Louisville ended up being tougher than those three. Just shocking. I
1: that's I, I, I wouldn't look. We were wrong. I mean, right. Right. No, that was, we wrong, wrong. But I, I, I if I went and looked at at Louisville tape for the first five games and Nordame for their first six games, I i we'd come to the same conclusion. I, I guess I, I, well, I, I think a, everyone
0: did nationally as well. I mean, this was just, Yeah, a, I, I mean, I,
1: I drew a little uh, solace from when I, when I rewatched the game or watched the TV version of the game last night and heard, uh, uh, Jordan Rogers talking about, we absolutely expected Notre Dame to win in the trenches here today. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't analyze it any differently. It's just that Louisville answered the bell. Notre Dame didn't. And then you know, wouldn't change the way we looked at it pregame. You've heard us talk about home field apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Homefield because their designs are the best out there. Some of Irish Illustrated's favorites are the Sam Hartman victory, March tee, the script tee, and the retro long sleeve. Be sure to go to homefieldapparel.com filter by Notre Dame and see what we're talking about. There's also currently an exclusive football bundle, which includes a baseball tee, sweats, a hoodie, and more. It's the perfect gift for a fellow Irish fan or a perfect gift to treat yourself for being a loyal Notre Dame fan. And our listeners get an exclusive deal using code Irish Illustrated. Irish Illustrated gets you 15% off your first order. We know you're all wearing Notre Dame gear, so if you're in need of a refresh, we really think you should check out Home Field Apparel. Their design's are super unique. And a lot of thought goes into each concept. There's really nothing else on the market like what Homefield is doing. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com. And again, use code Irish Illustrated for 15% off your first order. Coming up, segment two, we call it Burning Up the Boards.
0: If you're coming to a game this season, you have to check out Game Day Your Way, the official tailgate service provider of Notre Dame. Game Day Your Way offers everything you need, including tailgate gear, catering, and even beverage delivery right to your spot. And their Irish Express Transportation from Chicago allows you to tailgate while you travel to their all inclusive party zone in South Bend. Let Game Day deal with all the hassle so you can focus on the fun. For tailgates, tickets, transportation and more, visit
1: DayYourWay.com. Some things are just made for each other, like tailgates and touchdowns. We're adding one more pair to the list, Aer Lingus and college football. Join us in Dublin this August for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. Too soon? Plan your winter or spring break now with non-stop flights from cities including Chicago boston los angeles and new york fly in comfort to dublin our european hub go coast to coast and discover the sights of ireland or explore any of the 50 plus european cities we connect to including amsterdam london paris and rome visit airlingus.com to book today
0: segment two burning up the boards our first question is from mr stuller he has a question for priester after the ohio state game you said you were more confident in freeman leading the program than less confident now two games removed from that comment has your opinion changed
1: Let me, uh, Tim, I'm going to go against grain here. I'm going to throw in Jim Booney underscore CRS. In addition to that, he addresses his question to me and says, Priester, you're often one to comment on a player's body language, especially when it's bad body language. Can you comment on Marcus Freeman's sideline demeanor? It doesn't instill belief that he has a strong grip on what's going on with his team. I, In answer to the first question from Mr. Stuller, has my opinion changed uh, about where they were after the Ohio State game? Well, of course it has. Uh, Because what we've seen the last two games is not leadership. It's, it's not confidence. It's not, it's not a pose along the sideline that you want to see the head coach of the team that you cheer for uh, strike. Uh, I, I don't know how you can come out of have again, well having watched the TV version, I don't know how you can come out of this last game and think, um, think a whole bunch of positive thoughts about the leadership of the football program right now
0: it's a uh it's a strange uh sw- a strange swing from when <laughs> notre dame played three and three quarters quarters of very well coached football at ohio state and what we have seen since um somebody asked me i think indirectly where is the narrative coming oh no i put it in my story Marcus Freeman's handled adversity before he's going to have to do it again like this. is He's he proved he could do that last year. Someone said, when did he ever prove anything? How could he have proved something last year? Well, they did start and two and he got them back to being ranked and he did start. He did lose to Stanford and he rallied them all the way through to beat Clemson. And I don't I don't put much credence into rallying to win a bowl game because that has a lot to do with the guys that stay and play and don't play and stay all that kind of stuff. It's a strange world nowadays. I don't think my opinions change that much. I need to watch. I have not done my X things to say. So I, although I've watched, I take, Priester asked me today, have you seen it? I was like, well, I write down 25 plays to make sure I watch because I like to organically go through the whole game again for X things to say. I'll have to take a look at his body language. I'm not as good at that, well, honestly. And it, it, it,
1: yeah, in fairness, Tim, it, I mean, it gets worse when the game starts to look like it's slipping out of hand. There's no yeah. doubt You said pregame. What did you see? Yes.
0: So I was down the field with a couple people. I won't name them now because they're commentary. We saw everybody walk out, and I was just like, I got a really weird feeling. And they're like to me, like, "Come on, man! Everybody, we all picked Notre Dame by two touchdowns. These are different different websites too mixed in." I was like, "Yeah, something's up, man. Something's wrong. I don't know. I don't know what to say here. This is this is a terrible, weird gut feeling, not based on anything." And so then the team came out, and Freeman came out, and somebody's next to me said. Why does it look like they already lost? I was like, <laughs> at the very least, it looks like they didn't get any sleep or something like that. Just everything looked bad, and I, I mean, it was we was talking about Freeman. really at one point, I was like, why does it look like they've lost? This is an hour before a football game is played. You know, it just maybe it's a look of concern. I don't, I don't know what it is, and maybe it's absolutely nothing because, as I said, I'm no body language expert. But it sure did not seem. It, it sure gave me cause for pause, and everybody else. And this particular time, it played out that way on the football field. Um I don't know. It's hard for me to judge body language. I know Tim can do it and some people can do it. I, I'm not that good at it, but I'm going to pay particular attention to it when I go through the film review. I, I, it's a good point you make though. Pretty sure that It got worse as the game went on. I bet it did. I mean, I bet our body language yeah. got worse as the game yeah. went on. <laughs> yeah. I, I bet a lot of things yeah. went poorly. As the game went on. My
1: shoulders slumped a little bit. Further. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and then when you came back up to the press box and sat down next to me, what did I say to you?
0: You had a bad feeling about this. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I do too." And and Thomas Harper going out and Rubio going out wasn't great can either. Although, can
1: we, yeah. we make our predictions like twelve minutes before did, We already
0: did incident analysis too. See, at least before Michigan, it was pre-incident analysis. This yes. was just totally useless for the fan base and yeah. for anybody that subscribes to Irish Illustrated. But oh well, very late information coming in. You didn't have until post game.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I just don't. I I don't know why it has gone so bad in the last couple of weeks. And and again, I don't, I don't believe in like, I don't like this re- revisionist history stuff. Like Nordame out coached Ohio state for most of the game and then they blew it at the end.
0: Yeah. they just ignore great. the revisionist history. That's I, I, they, that's exactly right. And,
1: you know, Nordame made really, really quality adjustments against NC state when the game was not starting out in a, in a, in a difficult environment, they made some good adjustments. So, you know, I, I'm not saying that the, program is is lost i just don't understand why we saw what we saw you understand against duke because you knew that was a proven quality defensive front yeah yeah as much
0: as you try to bang the drum about how good that defense was no one wanted to listen and you couldn't bang that drum with louisville although statistically they were good and our only point my only point i made i did not i'm not trying to do hindsight here they did do that statistically against four power five teams but as we all pointed out you pete and i it was bad power five teams they're apparently decent on defense.
1: Yeah, apparently they are, and they haven't given up a point in the first quarter, which is something that we didn't dwell on. But they did give almost give up almost 500 yards offense to Georgia Tech. So, and I know that was early, but anyway, um, hey, Georgia yeah, Tech my, never my, say
0: die, man. They had a great day. Yeah,
1: I know, I know. Speaking of which, <laughs> oh yeah, I have we have a question a- <laughs> from Kaiser Wilhelm that says after going forward on fourth and fourth and one from his own 35. Down by eleven with almost ten minutes left in the game. How thankful do you think Marcus Freeman is for Mario Cristobal, who's the head coach at, at Miami? And you want to talk about a blown game? Have you seen it, Tim?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I well, unfortunately I, I read it. about it first, which ruined the fact of what was going to happen. And the, the,
1: in, and, the and the TV TV analyst who I I'm not I don't know who it was. I just heard it. I didn't hear who it was. Is saying don't hand off the ball you don't need to hand off the ball yeah, you, you don't just need to hit the up the ball
0: <laughs> it's yeah. not okay so you know how we always say did they make the right call on the screen pass did they make the right call on third and 19 all those type of things because you can't actually argue one way or the other you can't argue about that you can't argue about the two-point conversion with Brian Kelly you can't argue about 10 men on the field and you cannot argue about running instead of kneeling it is safer to kneel and end the game and the game yeah. was going to end
1: yeah, it, it absolutely is now as, or, or was going to. Yeah. But yeah. now as it pertains to I don't. I didn't have a huge problem with Marcus Freeman deciding to go for fourth and
0: 11, not one. Oh, 11. And, yeah,
1: I typed it wrong. I'm sorry. Fourth and 11, fourth and 11 from the 35. I, look, I have a problem with it
0: because if you get it, here's how. OK, so let's remove analytics because I have to bring analytics into this conversation in a second because that was not the actual mistake. Fourth and 11. It was the other fourth down, was the analytical mistake of epic proportions that's been proven.
1: Well, fourth and four and kicking the field. Kicking the
0: field goal. The the person win percentages do nothing for you. You had the same win percentage punting as you did kicking the field goal on that. Your win percentage goes way up by going for it.
1: Well, but so they made. But they made it doesn't
0: matter. It doesn't matter. You still you still needed to get another, you still had to go for it now again because they've scored. Like there's there's no arguing these percentages. You either listen to analytics or you don't. You don't say, Okay, there's a five percent better chance right here that we have to go for it because this is our chance and then say, well, I don't believe that analytic and then believe another analytic. You cannot do that. But my point is analytics aside, fourth and 11 from the 35, Notre Dame gains 12 yards. Let's give Notre Dame 15, first and 10 at the 50. What have you seen all game long that you're going to drive 50 more yards?
1: Well, it's true, but you're reaching You, you don't want to send your defense back on the field. It, it, look, is it, is it? Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead.
0: All right. I'm never going to say I, I don't have the analytics on that one, but here it is, Tim. Your win percentage, if you go for it on fourth and four, does not matter if you make the field goal here. Go for it on fourth and four, 24%. Make the field, I'm sorry, go for it. No idea what happens, go for it, 24%. Ninety percent field goal, ninety percent punt. Now, success rate, Tim, you said they made the field goal, right? Success rate of going for it. If you go for it, 48%. If you kick the field goal, 35%. You, if you're going to look at it, if you make the field goal, it's still that much less but so if you per, use analytics wait, you have to use the analytics
1: but the analytics are are what like across college football that's how often fourth and four is converted
0: sure so you have if don't well, use analytics then do, but don't use analytics do then i'm saying you can't use analytics if you're going to use them once in a while you don't introduce a variable to math and well you'd introduce variables to math you don't introduce <laughs> variables to analytics
1: you have to have a feel for the game too for the situation
0: i think when you go back and look at every decision made this season, this will rank as one of the highest mathematically wrong. It's okay to have a feel for a situation. I'm just saying it was the wrong call analytically. So every time someone says the analytics tell us to do something, this 100% was telling you this is the time to go for it.
1: So so you have to either follow analytics 100% or not at all.
0: You have to follow it when it's a clearly, clear, clear decision right here.
1: Uh, okay. I don't
0: have the fourth and 11 I mean, analytics in front I, of me. I, 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 mean, I get it, but I mean,
1: I don't, what, what do, what does, what do the fourth and four analytics across college football have to do with Notre Dame? Well, what in you, that specific specific instances? Analytics
0: are only across yeah. college football. They're not across. They're not across what Notre Dame might do with Sam Hartman. They're like those analytics are analytics. People can't use analytics if they're not going to use them. Like it's, I, I don't, this is why I have a problem sometimes with it, but like we're going to argue this forever, but the, the way of thinking you should kick a field goal down seven in the second half is an old school way of so thinking. You don't even you should somebody, try to tie the game.
1: You don't even need a coach to, to to make decisions. You just follow the analytics.
0: Well, I think on fourth and seven or on fourth and four from the 37 down seven in the second half, you should go for it. Those are your best, your best chance, not fourth yeah. and four, because you get stuck at fourth and 11 next time.
1: You can tell I'm 63 years old. <laughs> Moving on to a question from Mac 341. The offensive line played their best against Ohio State but have regressed since. Why do you think that is, and who should be the starting five?
0: I mean, if there's something wrong with Coogan at all, I don't think you have a, a very hard decision to make. Um, Billy Schroff could be your guy to come in for Coogan. Um, I, would st- I would stick with Rocco Spindler. Actually, I think Rocco Spindler has had his moments as well. And you could point to a lot of things that Shroff and Coogan and Spindler have done wrong and argue with me. And you'll probably be right too, because they've done plenty of things wrong. But you have to make a choice. My point is you have to make a choice here. Shroff, I agree with you, Tim. I wasn't quite as impressed, but played well enough to warrant it. If there's absolutely anything wrong with Coogan, it warrants Billy Shroff getting a full game effort. Yeah.
1: I, I don't I you know, again, I we don't we're not we, there to know.
0: We're not there to we know. We don't
1: know but, it like they, those guys know it, but I don't think that and and again. Full. I mean, everybody knows I was the largest critic of Rocco Spindler before he emerged as, I don't think he's played poorly enough to take him out of the lineup.
0: I do. I don't either. I don't either. That's what I found weird when they did the musical to guard thing, like, or just now we're taking Spindler out for a series. Why is he coming out for a series? Like, you could take Blake Fisher out for a series if you're taking Spindler out for a series.
1: Yeah, I don't know. They were playing very well two weeks, two games ago against Ohio State. So I, I don't We
0: don't know why they regressed. That's my answer on that one. I don't the first part of the question is why do you think that is? I do not know why they've regressed since Ohio State. Other than if you go well, back to August, yeah. you could say, Well, we're not sure about the guards. That's yeah,
1: I mean I do I mean, if we hadn't seen the Louisville game yet, we Duke has a very good defensive front. We said it was the third best defensive line on the schedule, including Notre Dame. But this one doesn't make quite as much sense. We're probably underestimating Louisville to some extent. Oh, I, yeah, Certainly. we
0: must be at this point. We like their edges. I'm just so surprised the interior was ah, that exposed. No, I agree. Exposed. I agree.
1: And, but, uh, but, okay, so now this goes back to, like, literally, when you go through the game, Tim, you will see, and you, you were seeing it from the press box. It was a third and one, and it, there were 10 defenders in the box, 10
0: yeah. Oh, that was, was the beginning of the game. We're like, uh, check. <laughs> There's going to be a problem here. It actually leads into our question. Actually, you bring this up. It's Top Relax 10's question is, two times a play was called in short yardage situations that failed, where Hartman should have either checked out of the play or called timeout because he knew he had little, the play had little chance to succeed based on alignment. Who is to blame? You asked this question a little bit.
1: So, yeah, I mean, somewhat along those lines. Yeah. Uh, well, US Marcus Freeman today I should say as people Yeah are if if uh I mean if you don't have an alternative to checking out of that situation that, that I mean that that was that play was it wasn't going to work it it couldn't I don't know I don't know how it could
0: Yeah you you have to have an alternative to checking out of it he did say I wasn't 100% sure he was saying today when he said there's some plays you cannot check out because you absolutely have to run because we called a run that's a hard one for me that's when 10 guys come up and 10 10 might be a half a player exaggeration it might have been 9.5 guys in the box but it was still too many people in that box um yeah you I think you have to be able to check out of everything Uh, I don't want to misquote Freeman on this one it surely sound like once in a while they don't want you to check out of a run
1: yeah and I get it when you're in that alignment
0: um yeah four tight end things got to go too they yeah. lost two yards um, on the four tight end set on a power bunch. I mean, it's four tight ends spread out. I actually just, like the spread out formations and run situations I mean, nowadays. I mean, no
1: matter how many tight ends they had on the field, they just weren't accounting for everybody. They just weren't. They and there were a couple yeah. times. There's one. There's one play where I I entail the tape. I referred to it. Uh, number forty one. Like he he was like a greased pig slipping through. Coogan and and yeah. Alt. yeah I mean, he just like slid right between them, and i, I you know, Alt played poorly. I, I mean, for for Joe Alt, and that's why all those scouts were there, Tim. NFL I know because yeah. it was Alt versus Gelati.
0: It actually took me a long time to figure out what was going on. Then I realized it was Alt versus Gelati. Um, yeah. So actually, Priester, I want to bring this up with the short yardage situation. You said you know you could tell you're sixty three years old. I know I'm too old too because remember when Sam Hartman went under center turned around and handed to Jabron Payne, and he was buried for a three-yard loss on third and one before he could even move. Guess how that doesn't go down like that? If you do a shotgun read option and Sam Hartman sees the guy come through, he never hands it to him.
1: Yeah. That's sad. I mean, it's I, the, very the sad idea, that that's the way to the, go. Yeah, the idea of having Hartman under center was something that we thought, oh, okay, that's that will assist them in these kind of situations. But there's an example of it's the flip side of that. Yes.
0: Shotgun read option, Jeremiah Payne does not get the ball right there because he's obviously going to get
1: killed. Yep, 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 yep. And, and hey, remember Statman, it was Statman 72, I believe. I put this in tail of the tape that asked, do you think that uh, Hartman will run more now in light of that 4th and 16? And I think we both said, or maybe it was Thursday with Pete. Mm-hmm. No, nah, yeah, I think it was Thursday with Pete. Now, nah, you know, you don't want to do that. It's in situations like this when you need your quarterback to run a little bit. And not like, slide. well, yeah. And, and that's like, you know, Hey, if Harman wants, if, if wants to play in the NFL, he's got to get stronger, man. He has got to, he's got to put a coat of armor on himself. He's not, he's not a strong football player. He's a six year college football player. And he's, he's going to need somebody to work with when the season's over leading up to the draft. Cause he's not strong enough. You guys have all
0: heard it here. Tim Priester is advocating they fire all of Wake Forest strength coaches and offensive coaches because Sam Hartman is not strong enough when he comes to Notre Dame.
1: Question from KB2020. When is Notre Dame ever going to learn they cannot hire head football coaches without previous head coaching experience? It's very ob- obvious Marcus Freeman is in way over his head. Will they do the right thing and make a change at the end of the year or at the end of the following year, 2024? I mean –
0: The first thing said when Marcus Freeman was hired was the the downside here is that it's his first year coaching experience at Notre Dame. This is not a new situation. Um, Tim Priester, will they do the right thing uh, and make a change at the end of the year or next? Uh, I could give you my answer on that. They absolutely will not be parting ways with Marcus Freeman at the end of this year or next.
1: I can't imagine that that would happen. I think it's it's a little silly to...
0: It's impossible at the end of this year. It's absolutely impossible. There's a 0% yeah, I... chance
1: they will do that. I wouldn't say I, – I don't think there's a 0% chance on anything, but I, I understand what you're saying. I. Wait, wh- what if they run the table? I. What? How can we be – But if they go
0: 8-5, and five, they're not going to replace Marcus Freeman at the end of this year? That's ridiculous. Well, they're they're going to bag everything after two I years.
1: I don't disagree with you, but the premise of the question is based upon – is not taking into consideration that they could finish 11-2. and two. I don't think that they will, but – why are we addressing a question when there's still six games, a question like that, when there's still six games to go now,
0: uh, I didn't plan to address now, that
1: what much. I would do, <laughs> what I would do, what I would do behind closed doors is I would make some inquiries. I, 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 mean, I agree with you. They're not going to make a change, but if this is a, if this is a trend that is going to continue to head in this direction,
0: I mean, I would, I would, but make what's s- the trend, the bet, the one bad loss. I
1: mean, this is the, he, so he lost. No, you know, well, no. The-, the lack of leadership at Louisville. That's what the,
0: that's. Yeah. I mean, that was a poorly, yeah, it was a poorly coached game, but like, let's, if, so they have lost, they've lost five games here. Okay. So they've lost to two subpar quarterbacks. Um, They've lost to an all-time great quarterback. They've lost to seat that uh, they lost to the second pick of the draft at quarterback, And they lost to an NFL quarterback in Stanford, who was a terrible team. I'm not trying to say anything there, but he's an NFL quarterback. I find this one particularly vexing in that Jack Plummer was able to simply execute a game plan to beat you. There's like another indictment of Notre Dame's ability to adjust to the game, that they had to rely on the running game, and Notre Dame could not stop that. And Jake Plummer was able to play complimentary Drew Pine football and beat Notre Dame. Yeah. So if you look at some of the other losses, so they lost to Caleb Williams under Marcus Freeman, they lost to C.J. Stroud under Marcus Freeman. Stanford's a terrible team. I'm not. I'm not trying to go there, but this this one and the Marshall one are the crazy ones because they have no. There's nothing that should have been able to beat you. There's nothing that should have been able to beat Notre Dame behind center here in Jack Plummer. This defense. No, I,
1: I mean you'd like to you'd you'd like to say, oh well, you know Jack Plummer's a poor man's Jack Cone. but no, he's not. He's, no, he's
0: not. He's like Pine. He's, yeah. he's a lot like Pine. Really.
1: Yeah. He's longer, of course, but
0: yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Well, he plays college. He plays Division One football, so he should be <laughs> taller than. Sorry, it's just uh, <laughs> I no, can't I, believe I, how small he looked I, back there.
1: I I think I think due diligence. I I agree, Tim. They're not going to make a change. I I don't think that would happen unless like there's such a complete collapse that.
0: I mean, what's the most likely record right now? Would you say eight and four after?
1: I I yes I would I would say that. Okay, yep. so
0: eight and let's just say eight and four, and they win their bowl game because people are always happy when teams win bowl games, right? But it won't be a very good team. Um,
1: well, it won't be a happy if you it, yeah, the same. It snark, won't be the happy
0: go lucky bowl. It won't be like last, like year, last,
1: year, last no. year.
0: No, they win a, yeah, They win a, They win a camping I, world level like, thing. I don't know. Cares. I think
1: I think due diligence is to you know maybe ask, contact some agents and just kick the tires. That's all I'm saying. That's I all. I'm,
0: I don't think after two years that that's a possibility that they do that. I don't think it's a good idea. I don't even think it's a thought process to do it yet. I, Maybe I'm, I'm saying I, after three years and you're eight and four, eight, and four, eight and four. That's obviously different.
1: I'm I'm saying that with the possibility of the rest of the season really taking a downturn. I'm not I'm 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 not I'm not advocating the removal of Marcus Freeman after two years. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that any organization should do its due diligence.
0: I mean, I guess. I'm just saying, like we're now we're saying that. Well, if they lose six games, I mean, every time a T coach loses six games, there's chances some, something's desperately wrong well, with you, right? I
1: mean, if you if if Notre Dame loses six games this year, he should be fired.
0: But they're not going to fire a head coach after two years.
1: I I, I agree. I agree. You think but they I'm should saying, fire a head coach after
0: two years, though? I don't. I don't. I don't, well, I don't I'm, agree I'm,
1: with that. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But, I'm but saying you just said that.
0: he should be fired <laughs> if they lose six games. I don't. I don't think he should be.
1: If this team goes six and six, man, there are significant problems. There are there are significant problems that aren't, that aren't problems. going to be that aren't going to be solved by. What if the, the guards and center don't
0: block anybody the rest of the year?
1: Well, then, then they're the, then they've shut out the coaches completely, including the head coach. That's that's my concern about you. Come out in the second half against Louisville, and you're tough on your team at halftime, and you come out in the second half. Against Louisville, and you don't respond. The players no, don't. I mean,
0: Kim Hart immediately caused a fumble and recovered it. So the defense responded. The that offense did. got four yards on four plays and kicked a field goal. Yeah, and from fifty-three but, yards out, we're, he drilled we're it. Go,
1: we're going down a path here that I'm going to regret because I know my words are going to be twisted around here. I, I all I'm saying is that if this takes a really bad turn, you just need to you're 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 a football. You're a billion-dollar, multi-million, 100-million-dollar industry. You have to at least take a look at I know this is this has gone too far, and I'm going to regret it. So we're going to move on to Gabby Andy. Please ex- explain to me how on God's green earth, Jordan Faison isn't out there consistently in the second half after he abused the Louisville secondary. I don't care if Hartman is yelling to him the route to run. You ride the hot and speedy hand.
0: I, you know, normally I would say that he just doesn't know enough about the offense to be out there since he was on the scout team two weeks ago. But I don't disagree with Gavi Endy here in that Jordan Faison made a play. You have a big collection of wide receivers that don't make plays right now. You got to find a way to get him the ball, especially on third and 13, third and 11, third and nine. He wasn't even out there on fourth and 11. I think I brought this up twice now, but Audric Estime was split wide on fourth and 11. You're trying to tell me Jordan Faison can't run a route? That. A deep go route to open something underneath for somebody else that helps there.
1: It's, it's unbelievable. That's unbel- that's, un- that's very strange. It's, it's very strange. Um, look, if he doesn't know what he's doing, I, this is a, this is, a, uh, he
0: knows a little though, doesn't he?
1: He has to know, a little. he knows a little, but I'm, I'm looking at the question. If he does, he, he's, he's got to know, he's got fast. to know what he's doing out there. Yeah, you can't he does, just say, I think he does. oh, he's fast. We're going to play him. It, 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 that's I guess my re- point
0: is I, I totally agree with you, but the point is, oh, he's fast playing as Braylon James. This guy just scored a touchdown, it's been 50 minutes since he oh, scored. I'm one not
1: of. I look, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with the idea of Jordan. I, it's astonishing to me that I don't think he played again, did he?
0: He did, but it was it was okay. missed on right. well, three special tar- third and longs and a fourth and long.
1: I mean, why would okay. he not be in there? He was he wasn't he wasn't targeted again. Yeah. I look like, I, I was the first one to say how in the world do you not go back? To to Jordan Jordan Faison, Faison. yeah, exactly. When you, yeah, I mean, you have another whiteout that's leading the team in, in snaps, and has caught one pass in the last nine targets.
0: I don't think he played as much this game either. Actually,
1: no, he did not. No, he did not. Uh, Question from Doctor Parnell forty two: How would you go about utilizing Jeremiah Love and Jordan Faison against USC?
0: I love love a lot more. Um, I thought I can't believe he had five touches in that game. Jeremiah Love, uh, he, had, he, had,
1: he had seven with the receptions. Oh,
0: with the receptions, yeah. Yep. He needs that. Yep. You could have doubled that. You're gonna. You should double it if Audrick Estime runs like he did. Something's wrong with Estime. He is hampered. Well, in some he
1: way. again. Uh, you know, when you watch rewatch the whole game, he he hobbled off. I don't. It's his right leg. I don't know if it's knee his knee. Remember when we were at uh, the practice at school field? Yeah, yep. and. And Estime barely practiced and it was like, oh, he's fine. They're just getting, him, but he, he was limping that day Mm -hmm. and thought it was his knee. It's much later. It could be anything since then. I get that, but um, he's, he's limping. He's banged up. He's, he gets, he takes a lot of shots.
0: Yeah. To be uh, clear, I would use Jeremiah Love more as the running back in the game. I don't think you need to get fancy and find a way to get Jeremiah Love the ball, get him the ball as a running back. Have him be running back one B. Yeah,
1: I agree with that. And I and I I you know, I mean, I feel like I th- feel like Jadarian Price is not getting enough touches either. I agree. I completely agree.
0: We have to I, ask that I mean, question, actually.
1: I mean, I, I feel like you can
0: So Parker can't it, answer that question if we ask because it's an injury question. It, we have to ask Marcus Freeman, is he on a pitch count of some type without using the baseball terminology? Is there a reason he's held back?
1: Uh we should. Yeah, or just directly ask him if he's on a pitch count. Then he has to yeah. deal with that, that question. Jordan Faison, they are going to have to coach a hell of him this week to get him ready. There's too, a,
0: too speedy not to try, right?
1: Absolutely. And there are a lot of gaps in that USC defense, so I'm sure that he has enough football wherewithal that he can find some of those.
0: There is one more aspect of Faison. We brought it up. I don't think we did it on air yet, Tim. To get Faison in, now they, they do have Tyree in the slot. They do have a second tight end. And they do have great house. You have to get Tyree and Greathouse more time outside, which I think is very, which would help the entire unit if you could do that.
1: Well, again, there's an there's a guy that has logged the most snaps that you can, you can, and even and even
0: Flores is probably could use a couple snaps off, right? He's a true freshman playing game number eight, logging a million
1: snaps. I I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the way he played this game. I thought he was. I, I, there were a couple throws that were off target that I didn't think he competed for. Mm-hmm. One was really bad, and I get that. But I thought he need i I thought he lost a a a, a part of his competitiveness in this which game,
0: which is weird after the Duke game because he was a pretty big deal at the end.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe that's more my imagination than anything. But I look, we're used to seeing Rico Flores go. 100 miles an hour yeah,
0: yeah it's usually like everything about him is admirable <laughs> like, wow look at that guy that i didn't feel that i, I agree with you i didn't feel that way after this right. game either right fj cat what is wrong with blake fisher
1: uh okay let's talk about this uh we've we've talked all year about <clears throat> that he's too small that that he lost yeah. too much weight he Someone doesn't said that have, to me
0: pre-season and i was like that's a very interesting he comment
1: he doesn't that. have the physical presence that he that he once did. Um, secondly, (laughs) I've always thought he was a guard. You knew I always thought he was a guard, but he played well enough at tackle and they didn't have alternatives. I think he's a guard. He's going to have to gain some of his weight back to be a guard. And then thirdly, he's been banged up to some extent. We know for sure now that he has a hand injury.
0: Right, right. He is okay. I don't know if we announced that he's okay for the game. Marcus Freeman announced he was okay for the game. That's why Tosh Baker came in. Um, I thought Tosh Baker came in because if you're rotating the guards, you certainly could rotate the right tackle too. That's how I feel about the last couple games with Fisher. Um, Also, Tim Priester, if he's a guard now, Notre Dame has four starting guards coming back next year and no tackles. So I don't know if he's going to get to move or not (laughs) because Joe Alt and Blake Fisher, if neither one of them is a tackle next year, you got a lot of guards on this team. I don't, I'm not disagreeing with you, but Rocco Spindler and Billy Shroth and Pat Coogan aren't tackles either.
1: I think Could be, but you're kind of be a right tackle. Kind of force, yeah, it's kind of a force fit. I think mm-hmm. if you if you do that, but you're gonna you you like you're gonna get all this experience for Coogan and Spindler, and right. you're you're what Shrouth isn't gonna play again yeah, next. You gotta today. get Shrouth yeah, in there I, too. I mean, hey, maybe they can rotate.
0: They just rotate all the time. That's great.
1: <laughs> you like that, don't you? I
0: love the rotating. Um, yeah. So, but fairness to Blake Fisher, he did have a better game. He's had better games in the last two. It's not like he's been playing poorly the whole time.
1: No, but like,
0: he's not we what talk, we thought he would be? You know,
1: who's, get, who's getting who's pu- getting who's getting a push? We well, always talk about push. Who's getting a push? Blake Fisher doesn't get a lot of push. He, no, he, he, no. he has. I
0: did. I must admit, I wrote off Tennessee State as him not having the uh, competitive spirit of playing in that game, which is also an indictment. That's a bad thing too. He played very poorly against Tennessee State, which is almost impossible to do if you are one hundred percent engaged as Blake Fisher. I mean, he was getting thrown around physically in that game. That's amazing. Uh, Maybe it was a portent of what else is happening
1: here. His body composition is, is not what it used to be. And I think that he needs to, he need obviously he needs to strike a balance, add size, but add good size. So, you know, it's very diet related. Um, But I, but I think he lost too much weight. I don't, I don't think that he is a physical presence at right tackle for Notre Dame this year.
0: I, I concur. Yep.
1: All right, we're going to wrap it up with a question from ND ninety four Bill. What do you think the chances are of Marcus Freeman making a change at offensive coordinator in the offseason to get one with a resume more fitting for a program vying for a playoff spot?
0: I think the rest of the season has to play out here on that one. I mean, what what are we looking at again? It's how's the season yeah, play out? I, of course, so of, this, of these course. changes. I don't know what's going to happen. It's mid season. Like, 12- what would you have said to this question two weeks ago?
1: No, exactly, exactly right. I, you know, this, this, the constant firing of coaches. I almost wish it hadn't happened to Van Gorder because that was a. I thought
0: about that today.
1: Actually, that was, a, that, was a, that was a, that was impressive. That 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 had to happen. It now, did
0: have to happen, but Tim, it didn't do much. They still went four and eight. <laughs> no, there's
1: no doubt. they their better no on defense, but... but I look, I don't I don't know whether they're going to need to make a change at the end of the year, although some haven't. Hell, some some had already determined that after Ohio State, when the guy—that's
0: what I said. Why would you? Yeah,
1: executed. Yeah, executed the plan. They they didn't close. I get that, but um, I I don't know what to say. Now the 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 essence of the question is that Marcus Freeman needs a veteran offensive coordinator. Well,
0: that was an interesting point. I read that um, because I made the whole point. Well, they already had Tommy Reese when I made this point, but when they were looking to hire a defensive coordinator, I said that was like the last spot left on the staff because Reese was staying um, and they had already hired some guys. And I well, yeah, it was obviously the last spot left because they couldn't announce Al Golden. He was a linebacker coach for the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. I said, you need to get a Whoever this coach is, he has to have a head coaching experience for Marcus Freeman's first year. It's an interesting point. Somebody put on our board this week. They got the guy with head coaching experience, but on the wrong side of the ball because Marcus Freeman's a defensive coach. Like well, that. Um, now, of course, I made that point because they already had an offensive coordinator. But that is a unique. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Marcus Freeman is a defensive coach, as much as Al Golden is doing a good job. Um, yeah, veteran presence on the offensive side of the ball is an interesting way of looking at it.
1: Maybe another senior, experienced offensive analyst. analyst. Right. You bring that up for a reason. Um, uh, Maybe. No, I mean, I bring it up that that maybe that was something that could have already have been done at at an earlier time. But look, we're not going to. And and I understand the offense has scored fifty five lousy points in three games. I mean, I I I totally get that. But we're we're not going to like every time we talk about the offense talk about the firing of the offensive coordinator there are 6 games to be played let's see if they can make inroads against a vulnerable USC defense we're going to play it out we're not going to this 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 firing of coaches it's
0: you know my biggest complaint is from that game it, people like say getting too cute it's not getting too cute it's why do you think some of those plays will be executed by the guards and center that you do not have faith in to block for Chris Tyree on this play. Why do you think the edge will be secured with backup freshman wide receivers and Blake Fisher on third and six, trying to get Jeremiah love the ball. Right. I, Cause what if those edges are secured and Jeremiah love turns the corner?
1: Now, and the other thing is uh, this is another frequent. When, when's the last time we saw this kind of play or this kind of play? No offense runs every kind of play in football. You can't do it. You can't do it in college. There's not enough time to be proficient at everything. Yeah. So yes, there there are periods of time where you go through games where you don't hit a specific brand of play. It's not realistic to think you're going to just be able to dial that up anytime you want and be proficient at it.
0: No, especially when you don't have faith in 3 of your 5 linemen and maybe 4. Yeah. That's, I just felt like you don't need to complicate things more when you don't have faith in what is in front of you. it was my number one complaint. Like if you're instead of saying like why didn't they run a screen, why did they run a counter, why did they run a jet, why complicate everything when you don't have any faith? Like you you practiced it, but
1: right and again it's gonna work? and again the 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 blind throwing out of plays when you don't know the defensive front, when you don't know what they're doing to you, when you don't know what Notre Dame is trying to do to them. It just, uh, you know, I, I you, you can't do it all. And look, right now, they're playing poor offensive football, so I get it. Everybody's gr- disgruntled, and I completely understand it. But, we, but there's always this tendency to act like, well, just do this, and it will be taken care of. If that was the case, every team in the country would just press a button and solve the problems that they have on offense, solve the problem that they have on run defense, solve the problem they have against the deep ball, solve the problem that they have in whatever. So Notre Dame's in a bad way right now. They've got a defense that they can make some inroads against offensively, and they need a better game plan than they had against Caleb Williams last year because if you chase them from behind, just ask Howard Cross, you aren't going to catch them. Try to
0: chase him from any angle, so definitely not behind. <laughs> chase him Arizona, from the side, you're not going to catch him either. But <laughs>
1: Arizona did something though, and I'm looking forward to watching that, that. I think
0: I know what Arizona did. I think I know what Arizona did exactly. What did they do? They got Caleb Williams not to care about them until it was too late during the game.
1: Oh, you think that's it?
0: Other people are human too, not just Notre Dame's players.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, let's see if we can get Notre Dame out of this rut. We're gonna we will uh, meet with the players tomorrow, talk to them, talk to the coordinators. Um, try to find out what's going on with jared parker and his offense and then we'll be back on thursday with pete sampson from the athletic for another edition of irish illustrated insider thanks for joining us